Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth down one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs and uh, eight in a row, man. Um, you know, I mean, it, this one looked on paper, um, you know, like another one, kind of like that chargers game where you're wondering if the, you know, if the reserve COVID list was going to take too much of a toll. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, the chiefs found a way to get it done, uh, moved to 11 and four. There's still a game up and Hey, they're officially going to the playoffs. I mean, you know, um, they're, they're going to host a playoff game at Arrowhead stadium this year after winning their sixth straight, uh, AFC West title. So all in all a good Sunday. It was a solid Sunday, Todd. I will, I will give you that one. It was a nice after Christmas uh, day game. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird week whenever they come in and have the have the COVID issues that they that they did as a as a team, and we'll we'll see how that goes going forward um, for them and for anybody else in the league, especially coming off Christmas and you know family families being with families or friends and whatever may happen from that. That's going to be. I mean, that's something everybody's going to keep an eye on, whether you're in football, you know, personal or professional life, you know, it's something everybody's going to be keeping tabs on. I know I'm going to be keeping tabs on. I know you're going to be keeping tabs on, or I'll make you keep tabs on it. One of the two is going to happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you knew it was going to be, you knew it was going to be a special day whenever the Chargers get upset by the Houston Texans down in Houston, whenever the two teams combined at almost 30, if they didn't, they were pretty close to having 30 uh, players on the, reserve COVID-19 list. So whenever the Texans pulled out the upset that they did, you knew that it was, it was all there for the taking and the chiefs just came in with laser focus and it didn't, it didn't matter who they were playing that day or what was going on in the field. I mean, the chiefs just, they just brought it for four quarters. They were relentless and that was phenomenal to see. And it's just kind of funny now because when you take a look at what the media, uh, national media has stated about the Chiefs being broken, Mahomes being broken, um, Chiefs weren't going to make the playoffs, as some would say. I mean, look, yet again, Andy Reid, you know, <laughs> takes the team that everybody's counting out and doubting and takes them to the playoffs and punches their ticket yet again for another year. I mean, the Andy Reid era right now is it's just a golden era whenever you – you know, you go to the playoffs eight out of nine times. I mean, you know, people ha- were used to some of this type of success with Marty, but they weren't used to it with their own quarterback. They weren't used to all the AFC championship parts of it and all the playoff wins and the Super Bowl to top it off. So, I mean, the Chiefs, they, they, they're, starting to, they're starting to figure out who they are, and they, they're doing a much better job evolving from week to week as, a, uh, as an offense. And defensively, I mean, look, they're – they're playing out of their minds right now, and I hope I hope it uh, I hope it continues all the way through February. Yeah, and and look, I mean, you know, there was a time when you were just hoping that the Chiefs could win, you know, one AFC West title every five years. Here, they've won six in a row. That that that's never happened before. The seventy-two to seventy-six Raiders and and the Peyton Manning era Broncos right before the, this run the Chiefs went on had both won five in a row. This is the first time anyone's ever won six in a row. It's actually tied for the third longest uh, division championship streak uh, since the merger in the NFL, uh, only behind the Patriots and the the Rams of the 70s. I mean, really what you're looking at, you know, with what the Chiefs have done here um, is, you know, I mean, it's unprecedented aside from 
Um, yes, it's unprecedented since the late seventies, aside from the, the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era Patriots in terms of divisional dominance. Um, um, and, and, and look, this, this eight game win streak, fifth longest in chiefs history. How many of those do you think have come under Andy Reed? Run that by me again. You said numbers. This, is, brain shut <laughs> this eight game win streak is the fifth longest in chiefs history. Um, how many of those five, uh, win streaks have come under Andy Reed? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't three or four. I'm going to go four. It's four. The only other one was, uh, if you remember, uh, uh, I think it was under maybe Vermeil. They started. Yeah, they went, they went, yeah, it was not. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Yes. The chiefs. It was 2003. Yeah. The chiefs went nine and oh, then they went to Cincinnati and they got upset. Todd. You had right. to bring up Carson Palmer in Cincinnati. I yeah, the, I just it was the Mike Maslowski era. That's how I define those teams. I know a lot of people, you know, they'll talk about Priest Holmes or whatever. But people talk um, about that. They'll talk about you know that great Chiefs offensive line. Then they'll talk Trent about Green. some guy named. They'll talk about some guy named Greg Robinson. That was also um, yeah, well yeah yeah fair point in the thirty two defense. <laughs> Uh, it was a unique, unique game plan. Uh, we're going to go play the 32 defense this week. <laughs> that, uh, for those who don't know, does not refer to like the, the defensive line linebacker scheme. Like it wouldn't a three, four, four, three, the 32 defense referred to where the Greg Robinson defense consistently ranked in the NFL. <laughs> hey, I mean, he, he was able to ride the coattails of John Elway and Gary, Kubiak and Mike Shanahan there in Denver to win those two Super Bowls. So, you know, he, he got more opportunities and he was still coaching for quite some time. They just went to college after the Chiefs for a little bit. Yeah. Well, all right. So Travis Kelsey didn't play. Tyreek Hill had two catches, 14 yards on the opening drive, and then wasn't a factor. If I had told you that, um, that Tyreek wouldn't be a factor after the opening drive and Kelsey doesn't play. Is there any way you imagine the Chiefs winning 36 10? Yes, but I would have said they, they ran the ball a lot. <laughs> um, right. Or they and, got some defensive touchdowns or special teams touch, something, something like that, but just wasn't the case. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, like I said on Twitter earlier, and people wanted to battle Royale about it. I mean, the three most important people for the Chiefs to get off the COVID list were going to be Tyreek Hill, Chris Jones, and Willie Gay. Willie Gay provides a ton of athleticism. Um, you know, Jones is, he's, he's, he's an absolute must for that defensive line and to have the pass rush that they need to. And if you ever need to know what it's like to not have Chris Jones, pull up that chargers game because he, you know, Chris Jones is a disruptive force. And in all honesty, I don't think Chris Jones was able to be as disruptive as he normally would be, you know, given what he'd essentially gone through for, you know, the past week and a half there, um, you know, just when you get out of a routine like that and, you know, you got to worry about your health in some regard, potentially, then, you know, that they kind of take precedent. And, you know, for him to be able to go out there and do that stuff, Willie Gay to do what he did, Tyree Kill, I mean, you know, to be able to be out there, it's just, you know, that's, I'm sure that was very draining for all those guys to go through it, whether they were asymptomatic or close contacts or whatever they had going on. I mean, you know, that's, to me, that's kind of a tribute to to them to be able to do what they did today. But no, I mean, look, I mean, Tyreek's presence out there just scares defenses, just frightens them. And yeah. I don't think people understand. Some of the people I talked to around the league over the years, like Tyreek's Tyreek's speed is just 
it's going to be legendary for a long time because he's just such a special receiver that will never get the respect he deserves outside of in the NFL community because people just don't understand what rare combination he is in terms of toughness, speed, acceleration, ability to cut on a dime and then accelerate through. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of athletes. Uh, balls tracking. Yeah, and I mean, you're just not going to see many athletes like Tyreek Hill in your lifetime. Those guys come around once every 10 years. I mean, Tyreek Hill at the receiver position in some regards is what Barry Sanders was, you know, for the Lions. Like, I've n- I have not seen a running back as good as Barry Sanders, you know, since Barry Sanders. You know, it's just like those are those rare guys that you just appreciate while you can. Calvin Johnson's another one of those guys. Ironically, both those guys had their careers wasted in Detroit. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, like – I, I'm fine with Tyreek only have two catches. I mean, if he was going to be a decoy for the day and kind of be able to get his teammates one-on-ones and they're going to take advantage, that's fantastic. And part of it is not having Kelsey out there kind of took away some opportunities for Tyreek that would normally be there in a regular yeah. game because they both help each other out to get some of those one-on-one opportunities or just their presences out there, help each other out. So this was a time where the Chiefs needed somebody to step up. And Byron Pringle was the guy who who answered the call today, and so did uh, Derek Gore a handful of times. Yeah, I was going to say Byron Pringle, huge game, career high, or tied his career high with six catches, uh, second most yards he's ever had in a game, 75, and the two touchdowns, right? I mean, obviously, that's the, that's the big uh, the big one. Two of the three touchdowns to, that Mahomes threw were to Byron Pringle, including the, the, the first – not not the first touchdown, but the first touchdown pass by Mahomes to make it fourteen nothing after Edwards Hilaire had gotten him on the board early. I mean, you saw and and Andy, I think Andy Reid called it like uh, he likened it to prime rib. Um, you know when he, um, you know when you talk about the protection, the time that Mahomes had, the, the way the receivers kept working, and then you know Mahomes threading that ball in a throw that you know frankly, as we've seen before, and I hope people don't take for granted. A throw that not a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL uh, can make, dropping sidearm and, and th- threading it through yeah. about three guys. Him, him um, and it, uh, yeah, he and he and Aaron Rodgers and maybe Elway could make that. Th- and Far, like those are the four that could potentially make that throw. Like Peyton Manning is not making that throw. Tom Brady's not making that throw. Yeah, it, it just—I mean, everything came together on that one, and this was a dominant day. You mentioned Derek Gore though. He's going to play a, an increasing role. I think with this team, I, um, I would imagine, you know, they, the, the report so far is that Clyde Edwards Slayer didn't break his collarbone, um, but they're going to do an MRI on it. There's clearly some sort of injury there. He wasn't able to come back into the game. Uh, looks like he may, wouldn't be shocked if he missed a game or two down the stretch, much like last season, um, depending on the injury and the severity of it. Um, you know, you got Daryl Williams, but a lot of people have been wanting to see Derek Gore. We saw, you know, him get a career, career long 50 yard pass reception today. You know, you saw him, uh, you know, run the ball pretty well when he, uh, got his opportunity later in the game, especially, you know, even behind a, 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 a you know, a backup offensive line. Um, do you feel, do you feel comfortable with Daryl Williams and Derek Gore going forward? Do you think having Gore could be, could, could maybe even help the offense a little bit? I know you weren't thrilled with what you saw of the run game overall today. Anyway, I know that's going to sound weird for people to hear. Like whenever you see the final numbers, you're going to be like, how, how could you not like what they did in the run game today? They had 127. They had a 3.6 yard average. I get that from a stats perspective. 
but there were so many cutback lanes there that they that they either didn't have the speed to take advantage of or they you know some of them Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, didn't see and you know it, you, you would had to put neon lights some neon lighting out there for them to show them to take that cutback and I mean if I, I know I harp on this a lot but I'm telling you like if they're if they have to go get a free agent I want to see somebody that's got some explosiveness to pair with Derek Gore's you know one cut in in kind of juke style with Daryl Williams power and they need somebody with speed. And I mean, I don't think Jerick McKinnon is going to be that if he's able to come off IR at some point and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just not, this is not his skill. He's, he's not a speed guy. It's, this is not what he's going to be. Um, yeah. And that's, that's where the chiefs are lacking uh, in my opinion, some significant balance to their offense. I think, I think you can rotate the guys in and have different styles and you can be serviceable and get enough to, get, to potentially get a hundred, depending on the defense you're facing and what type of blocking your O lines doing. But I'm telling you, if the, like I pointed out on the KC game plan, I'm not, if the chiefs had a running back who had McColl Hardman speed, it, you know, it had the size, but had McColl Hardman's type of speed and explosiveness that that, that running back would have had a career day. Like just would have had a career day. And, you know, I know some people have suggested, well, maybe McCall Hartman can do that. Well, McCall Hartman doesn't like contact. Like, I mean, yeah. he tried to avoid contact even on the touch, you know, even on the touchdown he got today. Like, that's just yeah, that's he, not what he's into. And like, he's he, avoided, running back. he tried to avoid contact on uh, on that post that could have been a pass interference that, um, that Mika almost had that interception on. And like, you know, as soon as he felt that contact, he just stopped, didn't even try to catch the ball or fight for it. And the refs aren't going to throw a flag on that. You're going to have to run through it and act like you're trying to catch it for them to throw anything. So it just, yeah, he's a very risk adverse when it comes to contact. So, I mean, you know, but, you know, you, you wish McCole kind of had a better day than what he did. Um, you know, DeMarcus was able to make a couple plays. I know Bell made a couple plays. No, Gray made a couple plays. But really, at the end of the day, Derek Gore, Daryl Williams, and and Byron Pringle were the guys who stepped up to the stepped up to the, you know, answer the call. And like those guys really all kind of were crucial in being able to help to get that done on offense. Yeah. Gore had 104 total yards. Williams had 85 total yards to, to help out the cause, but this was about Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, this offense and the offensive line, I, I still don't think the offensive line gets enough credit. Um, and, and look, I, I, Andrew Wiley, I mean, look, TJ Watt having the, the cracked ribs made a big not, difference. Not, because, I was going to say, let's not act like that's not a big deal with TJ Watt. Because, going. yeah, that game, they, I, I still think the Chiefs win, but I think it would have been a little bit less comfortable if TJ Watt had been out there to go against uh, Wiley and Brown. But. but when I heard the, when I saw the report this morning that he had cracked ribs and he practiced in full week, I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I mean, I've seen people that have cracked ribs that they can't even sit in a chair and breathe normally. And you're out here yeah. just like, Hey, let's go play a football game. Like TJ Watts, a special kind of crazy. <laughs> right. Right. Also though, you know, I don't know, maybe, well, I mean, not this week, but I might've rested during practice so that maybe I could see what I had for the game, but he didn't end up being a factor because largely because of the injury, I suspect. <laughs> yeah. But look, the bottom line is Mahomes was in control of that game. 23 of 30, 258 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, you know, we talked about that first touchdown pass, but he would, he look, he's, he's, he's locked in. I mean, whatever, you know, the, the fluky, 
the fluky plays, you know, uh, interceptions they had early in the season, uh, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, look, it hasn't been vintage Mahomes all year, but um, boy, the last couple of weeks, especially at least, well, at least the second half, uh, you know, fourth quarter in overtime um, at Los Angeles and this week and, and the Raiders games, you think about some of those um, he he's, he's finding his stride. He seems to be pretty locked in. This may have been, one of his finer games. And I know statistically it doesn't, it won't look like that, but 258 yards, three touchdowns, no picks and two and a half quarters is pretty darn good. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. Mahomes just, he was, he was on another level today. He, he knew he had to raise his play. He knew he had to, he knew he had to lock in, be able to read the progressions, be comfortable in the pocket, know when to kind of step out, evade and kind of step up in the pocket or scramble out to his right or left. And like, he, he just had the, he just had the perfect balance today that like he's been striving for all year from trying to break some of the habits that he has versus trying to continue to be the playmaker he wants to be while also doing what the coaches are asking him to do. And he went, he went to another level this week. And I mean, that that's saying something considering how many levels like he has and has had in his career and how he makes special stuff look so routine. And and I know people kind of mock me on Twitter about that sometimes that, you know, he, you know, like, oh, you know, quarterback X, Y, or Z does that too, and we don't make a big deal about it. Like, it's, I'm telling you, like, Mahomes on, a, he's just on a different wavelength. The only guy that's really been on his wavelength um, is Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is another special quarterback, and watching those two is incredibly fun to be able to watch them. Far was always fun to watch. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he used to have really good anticipation. I mean, he's a, unfortunately at the end of his career and probably playing his final two games. Uh, especially with his family being up in the in the suite yeah. like that, and then and broadcast for the first sure. time. Yeah, uh, watching the broadcast emphasize that kind of told me they're like, yeah, they know too, and they're they're going to make sure they give him a give him that bon voyage. So yeah. you know, and that's kind of sad because I mean that's going to be the last guy in his quarterback class. It's you know him, Eli, and Philip Rivers from that I believe that 04 class, you know, or 05. I can't remember, but it's one of those two. But it, either way, like it's just you know like. That's that's a bummer. That's going to be the end of an era in Pittsburgh. And but at the same time, you know, sad thing is when you think about it this way, like, dude, like I mean, it's going to be the blink of an eye, and Mahomes is going to be thirty. <laughs> you know, like I mean, right now he's, you know, he's still uh, he's still, you know, at that age. But dude, whenever you get to watch a great quarterback play, it flies by quickly, man. And like Mahomes is already in year five, and you're like, gosh, where's the time gone? Because I just love watching him play quarterback and that's that's going to be i hope the day is a long ways away but that's going to be a tough day whenever you know you're watching mahomes final game i mean you know there's a lot of people that thought they're going to be watching tom brady's final game and that guy's like the energizer bunny he just keeps going and going. right and hopefully avocados, my, I mean, avocados what probably fuels him <laughs> Leo mahomes is what 26 so yeah He's got what twenty four more years to match Brady, so <laughs> and you know, and the advances, the advances in science, you never know. <laughs> um, look, man, I I got to be honest. There was a, a point in the game in the second half um, where you know the Chiefs, uh, they're you know they'd kind of taken their foot off the gas offensively, uh, but the defense was still dominant. And I, I was like, I was like, this, this feels familiar. I, I remember when the second half of a lot of chiefs games, um, you know, um, got to feel, I, w- I don't want to say boring, but they just got to feel routine. Like you didn't, you weren't worried at all about the outcome of the game. It was well-decided. 
Um, and, and, you know, and then all of a sudden you've got backup guys in and people are just going through the motions to a degree, you know, Chad Henney's fumbling to two consecutive snaps. Nobody's really losing their mind over it because I mean, you know, I was, you saw me on Twitter. I get, I get irritated by that. Type of stuff. I don't care how much you're out by. Like, I'm like, dude, take off the glove. You're not Brady. Stop it. I don't know, man. That kind of agitated me a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. But still, I mean, it was, you know, like you said, it, it, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I, I don't get me wrong. Um, it's better, you know, for my state of mind and, and social emotional components. If, if I'm not stressed at the end of chiefs games, both from a work perspective and, you know, just from a not being a jerk perspective. Selfishly. I, I wanted to see some, <laughs> some uh, Shane Bouchelle. That's what I wanted to see. I want some Bouchelle time here in the next couple of weeks. Well, I mean, look, if, uh, you know, if the chiefs can win at Cincinnati and Tennessee were to lose, then you might get it. Uh, the last game of the season, uh, cause the chiefs would be two games up with one to play and they'd be able to rest starters at Denver, um, and take a couple week break before the playoffs got, got started. Um, uh, but what, I mean, look, we talked about this in, in the, in the pregame podcast. Yeah. The charger or the, the Steelers have some nice receivers, but Big Ben isn't mobile in that pocket. So if you can collapse it on him, and if you can, uh, you know, uh, if you can rally to the football against the run, like this offense doesn't have much to threaten you with. And um, I mean, that, that turned out to be the case. Um, how much of that though was like play calling, like the fourth and one toss sweep to the sideline seemed like a curious call. Um, and how much of that was just the chiefs are playing lights out right now. Um, I think, I think it's all of it combined. I mean, look, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is just trying to poor guys, just trying to hold on and try to enjoy those final moments in a certain way. And I know you can tell he's disappointed with how it turned how it turned out, but yeah, I mean, look, the reality of it is, and I said it on the previous podcast, I mean, look, Matt, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator from, uh, for the Steelers, like, dude, he's just, he's not. He's not good. Like, I mean, he's just, he's not, he's too, he's too green. Like it's just not working out for him. And that's going to be a big part of what the Steelers are going to have to start figuring out after this year is what they want to do with that offensive side of the, of the coaching staff and what they want to do a quarterback after this year. Cause I mean, look, I mean, the Steelers, the reason the Steelers are still rock stars right now is because they got Keith Butler as their DC. Like, I mean, that's, that's the reality. That's what's keeping the Steelers kind of in games and kind of, keeping that pride there right now. But after this year, I mean, you know, like the Steelers are going to buy a time. They're going to say it's the quarterback. They'll be able to go out and get a new quarterback and try to develop them and try to, you know, try to make something happen there. But if that doesn't work, then I think people are going to start wondering if, if it's, you know, if the message is growing stale with Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, this is going to, you know, so Tomlin's going to make some decisions about, if it is the offensive coaching staff and if it is the quarterback, he's going to start making those moves now after the, after this off season so that the Steelers can try to get back to some prominence and something else I want to say that's not necessarily Pittsburgh related. I, I think Lamar Jackson's taken a bit of a hit because the other quarterbacks that come into that system are still performing at the same ability and level that he is. They just don't have the same athletic ability to take off scrambling, but from a passing perspective, boy, some of those quarterbacks, man, they, uh, they just plug and play him in there right now. And they are, uh, they can, whether it was Huntley or whether it was uh, Johnson. Yeah. No, they, they, uh, yeah, they're, 
It didn't. It didn't look like they were missing Lamar from a passing perspective from watching their past two games. No, and I mean obviously he's a, a different breed of athlete when it comes to uh, running the football. Um, you know, I mean he he's a he's a special athlete there, right. but but uh, um, yeah, I mean I don't think it's any secret he's never. I've never thought of him as a as a great uh, passing quarterback. Um, um, but look, I, I will say, um, you know, I, I, it's an interesting matchup next week. I think that I kind of thought other than the chargers that, you know, when we hit, when the chiefs hit the bye and we were looking at their schedule that I thought Cincinnati had a chance to be the most dangerous game left. And it, it, it looks like that, you know, may end up being the case here. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow threw for 525 yards and four touchdowns. Um, against the Ravens. And I know the Ravens, you know, I mean, I think that I think you or I could get a tryout at cornerback here for the Ravens. If we wanted to, I could, um, I promise you that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've seen your back pedal. Your, your hips are a little are smoother than, uh, you know, than you give them credit for your knees certainly could get a tryout. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't know if she's eligible though. She's not three years out of high school. So I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't want her. I don't want her going on the football field right now. <laughs> yeah. She can't go to the Ravens, especially after the Ravens. No, um, but I, I mean, I think this will be, this will be an interesting game. Um, you know, they've got some weapons over there. Um, I think this is going to feel like a, a nice playoff playoff atmosphere for the chiefs when they go up against Cincinnati. Cause I think Cincinnati is going to be in the playoffs at the end of the day too. Yeah. I've, What's so weird about the about the the Bengals season is the games either within five points, you know, in, in a win or loss, or it's just a complete blowout either way. Yeah, like I mean, it's just like, and part of it's just because their offensive scheme. I mean, they're always trying to push the ball downfield with Burrow and you know with their receivers, whether it's Chase or or Higgins. Like they they just they want to push the ball down the field. All, at all times, so it's it's a boomer bust type thing for them on a regular basis. I mean, when you look at when you look at their losses, they lost to the Bears in week two by three. They lost to the Packers in, in week five by what do you think, Todd? Five, three. <laughs> they lost to the Jets by three. You know, like then they lost to the Browns by almost uh, you know twenty. 25 points. Um, then, you know, then they lost to the Chargers almost by 20 points because I'm, you know, a handful of turnovers. Then they lost to the 49ers by, you know, by, by, what do you think, Todd? I'm going to go three. Three. That's right. They lost 26, 23. But, but you, you look at their scores and just how they're in it. Like, it's just, it's so weird because, like, it's just, they, they just have this pattern. So like it, you know, it, looking at it because they, they won by three, three, 14, three, <laughs> then they lost by three. Then they, you know, and it just, you just go down this pattern here and go look at it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's boomer bust form. It really, really yeah. is. I mean, that's, that's part of, that's part of their season. I, I remember watching that Chargers game a handful of weeks ago when I was studying them uh, for the Chiefs game. They had so many turnovers in that game early. Like that's, that's what got that out of the way. So, I mean, that's going to be part of the thing for the chiefs next week is just getting hopping on them early, getting everybody back to full speed that they can trying to force some turnovers. I mean, then we'll talk more in depth about it later this week, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, this like, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, Burrow and them had 525 yards pass, and I, I get it, but the pattern tells me they may be coming back down to earth here against the chiefs. Right. I mean, I think the chiefs defense is healthier and, and playing much better than the Ravens right now. Um, 
you know, and, and but and I think uh, um, there's more familiarity, right, with, between the AFC North. Um, you know, it, it'll be, but it'll be a little different. I suspect Travis Kelsey will be back for this one. I further suspect that playing in Cincinnati will mean something to Travis Kelsey, yeah. not only coming back from, uh, you know, having missed a game and, and, you know, that's the first game he's missed since I think like 2013, um, that when he, you know, when they weren't sitting the starters, um, and, uh, you know, so I suspect Travis Kelsey is going to be extra motivated to, to have a game next week. Um, but I, I'm like, let me ask, I mean, are you worried at all? Cause the, the Titans are right there. If the chiefs slip up, they're going to fall to the number two seed. Um, you know, but everybody else is kind of cleared out of the way. Ravens have seven losses, you know, the bills and, and Patriots are now to six losses. Uh, the Colts are still at six losses. It, it's down to the chiefs and Titans. I think for that number one seed, um, do, do you see the chiefs slipping up and giving the Titans, you know, a, a um, you know, an opportunity here, or, or do you feel like the, the, the chiefs are going to wrap this sucker up? No, I, I think the chiefs now, I think I personally think the chiefs are going to be locked in against the Bengals. Like, I, I don't think they're going to be messing around. I think they're going to be just as locked in as they were this week, if not a little bit more to try to wrap up, do everything they can on their end to try to wrap up that number one seed and, try to see if the chips can fall in their favor where they don't have to play that final game against the Broncos. Like I, I personally think it's what the chiefs are after at this point. And I, I, I personally believe that's what they, that's what their goal is. I think that's what they're going to talk about this week and really try to push the bigger question becomes throughout the entire week is, you know, that after all those Christmas gatherings and after all, right. the, after all this holidays, what kind of, what's going to be happening testing wise. So, well, and, and, Mahomes is the big one, obviously, right? Um, I wasn't going to speak it into existence, but you know, I'm not. But I mean, Kelsey Jones, uh, assuming Kelsey and Fentner back, you know, those guys, um, you know, Tyreek, uh, Niang, assuming he's back, like all those guys are, are they're going to be available as long as they're healthy and, you know, aren't still dealing with any health issues um, uh, or anything like that. Um, and, you know, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's the big one hanging out there that could be a problem. You, do you expect the Chiefs to address the running back? Do you expect the Chiefs to, you know, add add somebody to the active roster, um, assuming that Edward Solaire is not going to be available? I if something I've kind of want to see for a couple of weeks. I know they brought in, I know they brought in a tryout or two, but if if I'm in their shoes, like I would, I would honestly try to find a couple running backs. And I mean, they, depending on, you know, what you have to do punter situation wise, um, I, I selfishly would really like to see them try to go add another running back to or, or two to the practice squad to try to get them up to speed over the next month and see if you can get hopefully a handful of plays out of somebody. I mean, I know right now they got Elijah McGuire on and the practice it. squad, yeah. but I mean, you know, I mean, problem is Elijah has never really been able to kind of get on the active roster and stay on the active roster and be able to kind of, you know, make a, make a difference. I mean, he had a couple of good plays before he got hurt in that San Francisco preseason game, but you know, I mean, he's been, he's been on the practice squad for a handful of years now and he's still not kind of making that difference. But I would, I would personally, I would selfishly like to see them go add 
another running back or two to the roster and start working, potentially working with them um, to, you know, see how that can work out. Yeah. Right, anything else you want to add about, about this one? Um, Chiefs had a kicker named Elliot who um, wasn't great, but was good enough. The the win that was the win there you could see it like the the way he into, where he was intending to kick it and place it boy that win decided now nah, we're going <laughs> we're going further to the left and I mean uh, yeah no I I felt bad for Elliot Fry he was doing everything he could but man hey he, that win was quite the battle hey like at the end of the day I mean he was three or four on field goals three or four on extra points I mean if you'd have told me he'd made six of eight kicks I'd have been like great that means the Chiefs are scoring a bunch. <laughs> So yeah. no, I'm just, I'm glad whenever, uh, I'm just glad it didn't come down to a field goal. Cause I, you know, you just, you don't know how he would have handled that or how that would have gone, especially cause the, whenever the news broke on Friday about Tommy Townsend, not, not being, not likely not being available and his brother, Johnny getting there and then them bringing in another punter as well, um, for a workout and all that stuff. Like it, um, I'm like, man, I'm like, that's, that's a lot to have to change from a, from a field goal perspective or extra point perspective to where you got to use the James Winchester as a snapper. You got to get the hold, right? How does Fry want the hold, you know, done? How, where does he want the laces at? Where does he like to kick it? How does he want the tilt of the ball to be able to, where does he like to strike it at and where he's, where's he's comfortable kicking all that stuff and them all having to evaluate that together in less than a week's time. And, go out and try to make it successful. So we'll see what happens this week, but they've at least got a week under their belt. If they're all back for next week, Yeah, if Townsend and uh, Bucker are not available for uh, the following week. Yep. So, all right. Well, Hey, eight in a row, AFC West champs. That's step one, always on Andy's board because yeah, if you win your division, you're in the playoffs and you get a home playoff game guaranteed. So that's always the number one goal coming into the season is to win that division crown. And then, you just build from there. Um, so Chiefs happy to have those free hats and T-shirts like Andy talked about. And uh, now they'll move on to hopefully bigger and better things. Yeah, it's just uh final thing I want to say. Um, shout out to Mike Tomlin there. If that's how your volunteers play, I'd hate to see what happened if they weren't volunteers playing for yeah. yeah, A burn! <laughs> I mean, the hostages played pretty well on the other side, so... Didn't you hear about the burn? I said a burn, 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 a bu- 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 burn. I said a burn, 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 a bu- 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 burn. I did that I get, song just for you. Get it, get him some ointment. Um, did you, who, who told you to put on the bomb? Hey, and how about Dorian O'Daniel getting getting some playing oh, time yeah. on defense today? You know how many people are just gonna like it's it's gonna be like uh it's it's just gonna be that new memory seared in their minds that see we told you you could play that's what we need for that fifth year for him to break through as the weak side linebacker i mean look it was a nice moment for him um you know good for him um i'm very very proud um and actually i mean look didn't he have i mean he had four tackles so um even one saying he didn't take advantage of his opportunities i'm just saying like i know I know people are just going to take that one glimpse in time and, you know, stack it together with the other three or four glimpses on defense and continue to wonder why, you know, Dorian O'Daniel's not getting the snaps over Sorensen or Neiman in the uh, sub package performance. But right, I'm just uh, saying he had four, but DiCaprio Boodle had twice as many. So, I mean, yeah. did he, how well did he really do? Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> but I do know, I, like I put out on Twitter, I mean, look, I mean, Chiefs, 
three home games in December. They won, you know, they outscored, you know, the Raiders, Steelers, and uh, the Broncos 106 to 28. I mean, if the Chiefs can keep this going, I mean, this is, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be tough, man. Cause I remember a couple weeks ago, everybody was all over the, all over the Patriots. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, I mean, the Patriots had a fundamentally sound defense, but boy, they've really seemed to lose some confidence in Mac Jones. So that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. The Titans, you know, AJ Brown was the reason that they won that game against the 49ers. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see when they can get Derrick Henry back with the Titans and how long it takes him to get back into condition. And, you know, the bills, I mean, I don't know. We'll see on the bills. I'm still, still undecided on them and the Colts. I mean, they, you know, the, the, their keys, Jonathan Taylor. So, there's, there's just a lot of interesting things right now, and it's I'm very intrigued to see who's going to get the last couple of wild card spots. And hey, I mean, either way, the Chiefs they're playing a home playoff game, so that's I mean, that's all you could ask for, especially whenever they were down in the dumps there, you know, early on in the season, and a lot of, a lot of people had written them off, and you know, like you and I had talked about early on in the year, it's you know, like I mean they just have the coaching staff just has such a way to put it together. Like after week seven and that week seven to week 12 range, like they just both sides of the ball. They just, they just, they just bring it all together. They just have such a confidence and belief in what they're doing and what they're coaching. That's going to work. And like, you know, just the chiefs just have the steady climb that they've done, you know, kind of year after year. It's actually been really, it's been actually really impressive to routinely see. And it speaks to why Andy Reed has the success that he does. Yeah, no, I look, I, I mean, I don't think that they have a Broyles Award for assistant coach of the year in the NFL like they do in college. But uh, if they did, I would think that Steve Spagnolo um, would have to be getting some consideration for the job that that defense has done. I mean, I know they gave up 28 last Thursday in a short week uh, at the Los Angeles Chargers, but this is now 17 points or less um, in seven of the last eight games, all wins, um, you know, and it, I mean, health had something to do with it, but I think a lot of it just has to do had to do with him figuring out how to to work with what he's got mm-hmm. um, and and put those guys in a position to succeed and just believing in them. Because yeah. um, Ben Neiman also had eight tackles, and he's a guy a lot of people wanted off the roster two months ago, and he's been contributing fairly regularly in a positive way here. Um, you know, I mean, I still hate to see screen passes run his way, but. Um, but he, you know, he's making plays. I mean, they're, you know, they're he's he's contributing. Daniel Sorensen has has had some big plays down the stretch. I mean, um, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for just continuing to chip away at it. And uh, I don't, I think the Chiefs. I mean, if they can stay healthy and keep and keep on the trajectory they're on, I, they're the team to beat. I think them or the Packers. Maybe we'll finally get that Chiefs, uh, that Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes matchup in a Super Bowl when both of them actually get on the field together. That's what I'm kind of selfishly hoping for. So that's, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has got that 90 day uh, holiday from testing. So, you know, you, he will definitely be available from, from not having to worry about that part of it. And and then the final thing to talk about is it's going to be an interesting week to see if Eric Bieniemy can start interviewing, you know, with some potential teams starting on Tuesday. Yeah, last that, two weeks. Whenever uh, that becomes available, because I'll be curious to see what happens with him and Todd Bowles and Brian Leftwich. And then if, uh, gray up there in green bay if he gets some opportunities so i mean there's a there's a handful of coaches i'm kind of curious to see i know i know doug peterson's going to get some interviews coming up here as well so it's going to be 
you know, Jim Caldwell may get a couple as well. I, I don't think there's going to be as many head coaching openings as I thought, but I am very, very curious to see what happens in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury. Cause I, I you know, cause the second half of seasons is starting to become a trend with him. So I'm very curious to see how the Cardinals uh, season shakes out here over the next couple of weeks. Cause he's a, he's got another year left on his contract after this. And, you know, uh, I'm uh I'll, I'll be curious to see what direction him and Arizona go and what they do over here over the next year. And this, I think these couple of weeks coming up here is going to say a lot about Arizona. Now, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, look, they, they are in the playoffs. Um, you know, that's something that they haven't done there in a while. So, um, you know, they're, they're kind of back in their way in at this point, but um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think he's got to get some credit for at least getting him to that position. It'll be interesting, man. Right. I mean, like they, they are missing like DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner didn't play. Like they're 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 going through the same thing that a lot of other teams are. So um in terms of you know just roster attrition right now for a variety of reasons. So it'll be very interesting. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> so anyway, um, hey, um I guess uh, we'll, we'll chat again later this week. I'll see if I can get you to agree to 77 nothing at Cincinnati, and we'll go from there. I believe one of the people on Twitter suggested yeah, 71 nothing. I may try 71 nothing this week. It's very tempting. I'm not going <laughs> to Very tempting. I'm a big fan of that number 71. I know. I know. Well, well I'm going to get it. One of these weeks, I'm going to get it. Time will tell, Todd. Time right. will tell. Oh, before we go. What what uh what's the nicest Christmas present you got um this week? Um uh my youngest son gave me a water bottle that says world's best dad. So your son lied to you? <laughs> Is that what he did? Uh, pretty much, but I'll take it. I mean, you know, that beat the underwear I got, so all right. <laughs> No, I shouldn't have asked you that question. <laughs> I, well, I, I know. I, 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 you know, I told my wife, get me some new underwear. Some of the bands are, you know, ripping off. So, all um, right, John. It looks like my ex at this point. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, take care, kid.